This is the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast, an unbiased conversation with a candidate for a local political office. This is a free public service of Nona.fm. Latricia Jones, thank you. I appreciate you uh, joining us here on Nona.fm, and you are running for the House of Representatives District 10. Absolutely, I am. Absolutely running to represent Congressional District 10 to feed the people and feed the community. So if folks aren't familiar, this is the uh, seat that's been uh, held by Val Demings from 2017. She is moving on to the Senate, which makes this a vacant seat. A lot of folks have thrown their hat in on this one. I know there's six Republicans and there's at least six Democrats. I think there's more on the Democrat side. So uh, let's go. Let's start with what inspired you to run. What what's what's what you woke up one day and said. I want to represent the fine folks in district number 10. <laughs> that would be uh that's that miracle from God when it's a seat like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I have been, I got involved in politics about 12, 13 years ago, actually with uh, president Trump and not just president Trump, but I started out with uh, Dr. Ben Carson. And I'm going to tell you why, because I was pissed off at how people were treating Dr. Carson, especially the minorities, the black people. You see, I'm a black American. I'm a fourth generation because my ancestors were slaves in this country. So when I saw how it really touched my heart and I thought something is bad, wrong for a man that come from the same city I come from, which is Detroit, Michigan, to work as hard as he has worked and for us to the media making us feel as though everybody's totally against him at the end of the day. So that's how I got started, actually, in politics and um, just working on his campaign with him from Iowa and across the country. It made me realize that if we're going to make a change in this country, for me, we have to get involved in politics because if you change laws, you change lives. And that has always been my philosophy as well. And this was just the... The end. So I started dibbling and dabbling in it. I stayed with um, Don. I'm sorry. I stayed with uh, Dr. Carson until he decided to withdraw and put his support behind President Trump at that time. Uh, and so then I just continued to do what I do: get on the ground, register people to vote, and most importantly, educate people because voters are not educated. As most, they might want to say they are, but you guys know. You know, if you ask them who's the judge in your district. That's what you would hear. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what you would hear as well. And, and, and if people knew what Ben Carson has accomplished in his life mm-hmm. and, and stepped away from the media facade that has been put over him, he is an amazing, amazing individual, yes. a, a medical doctor that has done amazing things for children mm-hmm. and came from, as you said, Detroit. And and his mother really gets a lot should get 95 percent of the credit yes. for that for that man. And he yes. knows it. He, had, he he will tell you that, too, I think. Yes, so. yes, yes. And his wife, Candy, is awesome as well. Uh, and then just kind of at that particular point, I realized, I didn't realize how fast things would start changing in this country. They have changed just since then, you know, and it's just, it's almost frightening to a certain degree for me. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a Christian. Most importantly, I'm a grandma. So... <laughs> You know, so, yep. yep, you know how it is. 
So what particular issue, I mean, I know that it, it sounds like the general direction of the country is what's concerned you. Mm-hmm. Are there particular issues that jump out to you, say top three particular issues? Well, I'll tell you, the first issue is uh, they're after our kids. They're after our kids. That's the first priority for me. God says we should take care of two people. He said the widowers and the children. The children are our future. Even the our young staff people, they don't realize how easy it is for us to be manipulated into something we never imagined because across the country, around the world, that's how socialism has taken place because small, minute things uh, people think are absolutely nothing. Look how fast it happened to Venezuela. And we sit here and we say, it can't happen in the United States. But now we stand here and we say, oh, this is moving very fast. It's moving against us. There is an agenda that nobody paid attention to, especially the baby boomers. You know, I'm the last of the baby boomers. So it lets me know we did not pay attention. You know, is that uh, everybody feel free, smoke a little pot. We don't want no war. You know, can't we all just get along? And that's not in a realistic world or society. Um, So those are the things that motivates me because I know, My grandchildren and everybody else's grandchildren need to see the America we grew up in. And I'm going to assume we're in the same age group. Like I said, I'm the last (laughs) of the baby boomers. You know how that is. Now men don't even want to tell their age, but... I'm I'm leading the Gen Xers, so I'm I'm just a little bit behind you. Okay. But but I I can relate. And and so my next question, I, I know you're from Detroit. When did you come to Florida? Oh, I've been in Florida over 25 years now. Then you've seen Florida change a lot. (laughs) Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Absolutely. Great deal. Yeah. I I think after 25 years, you should be considered a native, an adopted native. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Because we've seen so much change. Yep. So you you were involved in Ben Carson's Mm -hmm. um, campaign. Have, Have you held elected office? Have you... I have not. I've held my kids PTA president. That's an elected office. Absolutely. Uh, we raised a whole lot of money because people didn't. At that time, I didn't realize most parents would not realize the importance of being involved in their children's lives and the PTA, which is the Parent Teacher Association. Yep. You have a voice. You know what's going on. So that's the office I've held. And like I say, um, you know, I know a lot of people use the cliche, I'm not a politician. Well, if people really talk about our Constitution, as a lot of them say that they do, real, you, they'll realize this was never set up for big business anyway to hold these seats. The, these seats were never, they were set up for regular people like us, and that's why we don't have a voice, because we follow who has the most money. They don't realize whoever have the most money They can't do anything for you. Absolutely nothing. So for me, I got on this ballot because I got out here, I bust my butt, and I worked hard. I got the petitions and some signed that I needed to get signed to qualify because 10440 bucks is a whole lot of money oh, yeah. from an average family, especially when you have grandchildren that are about to go to college, you know, and we have to show them what working hard looks like. So that is... um. That's been my motivation as well, just getting out here, just saying, no, somebody fought for me. I'm going to fight for these kids. 
You're listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. If you're a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. Now, back to our interview. Have you uh, gotten any endorsements from any groups? Well, I don't think I've necessarily got endorsements at this current time, except from the people. You know, I have a large community in Pine Hills that support me. I have a large uh, community in Biflo that support me because they go out and they knock doors with me. My my ideology is probably a lot different from your typical uh, candidate because I need the people to support me. Grassroots. I need votes, grassroots. Yeah. I need votes to win the seat. I don't need, you know, one person can put in, what, $2,800, but I'd rather have 2,800 voters <laughs> opposed to that $2,800. So that's my ideology, just going back to the basics, because that's what we need in this country right now, some common sense. You know, when you sit at your table, you know you have to pay your bills. You know if you have enough money to pay them, and you know if you don't have enough money to pay them. But you can't keep spending, and that's what they're doing in this country right now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, And you talk about spending. Where, where do you stand on spending? I, I, The government obviously has spent probably more money in the last few years than it has in many, many, many years. Where do you where do you stand on? Where do you fall on that? Well, for me right now, I'll tell you, the first thing I need to do when we get to Congress is to make sure we hold Congress down and stop this spending and stop printing money. You can't print money that's no good, you, especially coming from your government. That's almost like a catch-22. That's just saying, oh, you can go get a great copier and print some more money. We can't do that. We have to stop the spending, and we have to have a controlled budget. We have to get things under control in this country right now financially. And I'll tell you, um, Senator Rick Scott has an 11-point plan. A lot of people are not paying attention to. The reason I pay attention to it is because they're already there. They see what we don't see. Right. They've already invested their resources in saying this is a plan that can work. Now, Senator Scott ran Florida, and we had a surplus then. So I would go in there and follow the, you know, it's just almost like your grandma to a certain degree. The people with the experience, the people that have a plan that's already in place, and that's going to help us to get control of this country. Absolutely. Yeah, Rick Scott was governor of Florida. And you're right. At the time, we were, were running under a surplus, as we are today. Yes. And, and you're right. He He's there. He has seen it. He's been there long enough that he knows what's going on in Washington. And uh, I, I think a lot of folks do need to familiarize themselves with that 11-point plan. I personally haven't had a chance yet. But, uh, but I, I, you know, it, it, having met him a couple of times, I know that he, he, he cared for the people of Florida. Cared for business. He he was a pro business governor, and and uh, and seems to carry those traits right through the Senate yes. as well. So, but um, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Uh, as far as um, about who you are and 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 why you would why a you're the best choice to to fill out the Republican side of this ballot coming up in November, and then moving forward, why you're the right one to put in the seat. In, uh, in 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 this district, District Ten. Well, for me, I am the right candidate because I'm the strongest candidate. I have experience and I have life experience as well. Just like when we were talking earlier, when you start talking about people like uh, Alan Grayson and and Corinne Brown, those are people that have experience. Um, 
And not only do they have the experience, but they have the knowledge as well uh, going when they're coming out to fight because that's what they come to do. They're actually coming to fight. Um, and for me, I, I'm the one that's going to go in there. I'm not concerned about the money. I come from a family of Democrats. And what I would like to see is us realize that this is a red, white, and blue country. And that's how we have to operate, under red, white, and blue. And I say that because that I want to see us unite as people. I want to see us unite this country, and that's what my responsibility would be. And I know that I can do that as well. And I am the best uh, candidate for the job because I am, like I say, not just because I'm a grandmother, but I, I've been doing this for a while. I've been out here involved in the community uh, all over Florida. I provide 10% of the minority outreach for the Republican Party across the country. So I have involvement, and I know what it's going to take for us to heal this country because our country still has to heal. We need to heal this land, and we need to heal the people. And as a, why do I think a grandmother is so important? Is because of the foundation. We build foundations. We are the glue to every family that's out here. And our politics, for example, going to Washington is not about the money for me. My husband's a retired deputy sheriff, and he's tired of me spending his money running for office. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel as though God has put me on the mission because my prayer used to be to save our children, our kids. And I have to talk about the minorities in District 10 as well. We have a very large minority population. You know, the, the murder rate is going like skyrocket across this country. But we have to show them what opportunity looks like. I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative because of my values, my morals, my values, and what I believe in as well. I believe in putting families back together. If we're going to build this country, you have to build these families back. And I'll tell you something else. I'm the only one, I can promise you, that go into the... Um, the senior citizen communities, what we would call the senior voters, super voters. I promise you I'm the only one that gets on the ground and just talk to people on what their needs are on a regular basis. Um, I don't focus uh, on raising money because, for me, it's a huge distraction just learning over the years. I want to show them that this is what America is made of. It's made of hard work. And, actually, I'm breaking the norm to say you don't have to have – millions and millions of dollars but society makes us think that we have to and it distracts people from running for these seats for me I ran for a seat I ran for lieutenant governor I did that some years back just to get my name on the ballot and get out there to get that feel for what's required to run for office as well and got about 20,000 votes at that ran for um, I've, I've challenged Marco Rubio as well as a write-in uh, and Rick Scott, but I've done very well even as a write-in candidate. So I've learned how this system of things works. I've been a business owner. That's how I've raised most of my, our kids to help them go to college. I've been very successful in the cigar shop. I do the things most people are afraid to do per se. Uh, am I a dreamer? Well, I absolutely am. If you've been a business owner, I know you need to be a dreamer and you need to do things people are afraid to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you learn as you go. Yes, yeah. yes. So. And when I find out, fall down, I'm not afraid to get back up. But we have the tools in place. And I'm going to go back to say this again. 
These congressional seats were never set up for people with a bunch of money. That's why we had checks and balances in place. We don't have those anymore. It's like, who has the most money? Not who has the most morals and values. Not because we have a Supreme Court justice that just voted for life as well. These are the things that matter to everyday people. And I'm an everyday person. Very good. Latricia Jones running for House of Representative District 10. Best of luck, and we hope to talk to you again. Oh, thank you so much, and it was wonderful being here. Just a breath of fresh air. Good deal. Thank Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Nona.fm Meet the Candidates podcast. This is a free service of Nona.fm. If you are a registered candidate in a local political race, we invite you to join the conversation. Please reach out to Gabby at Nona.fm at 407-553-NONA, extension 402. This podcast has been produced by Gabriela Perez-Ortiz.